Welcome to the Unsophisticated Palate, a podcast about all things wine, beer, and spirits. Each week, join us on our journey as we drink and delve into different alcohol-related topics. I'm Mark. And I'm Jen. Cheers. Cheers. Okay. All right. Oh, cheers. Got drink. Uh-huh. Never at the same time. I Have know. we not learned our lesson? You would think we would by now. I but know. I know. <laughs> and there was not that resounding... I know. Why wasn't there that resounding dong? Because we're drinking out of these wonderful... Is this a sifter? Is that what you would call this? No, I don't or think... No, a... a snifter is like more bulbous. Oh, that's This is just true. more of a tumbler. A, a fancy A fancy tumbler. Very fancy tumbler mm-hmm. with a copper and on the bottom and it's beautiful. Oh, thank you. And it is full of... Whiskey. Whiskey. We love our whiskey. We do. And we're happy to be talking about it. We are. Now, I was like... Whiskey sounds so simple, and it is not. So, Jen, what is whiskey? (laughs) You know, I was super excited to do this week's episode because I thought I knew a lot about whiskey. It turned out I actually knew nothing. Yep. (laughs) Um, One of my biggest surprises was that um, whiskey is kind of the overarching term for a lot of other alcohols, like bourbon and scotch and these other things. So, first of all, what is whiskey itself? Whiskey is um, distilled from a fermented blend of grains and, you know, commonly barley, rye, wheat, and they make what's known as a mash bill. Okay, so it's like this mashup of (laughs) these different cereal grains. And um, it's been heated and steeped with water and it's converted into this starch um and eventually it's resulting in this fermented liquid that's called a wort i mm-hmm. think that's how you pronounce it yeah yep. i mean i can't that's think of how else you would say it how i would w-o-r-t, say it w-o-r-t anyway. <laughs> yes. wort ugly word yes. for what it actually is because it turns into something super delicious right <laughs> um eventually yeast is added to this wort <laughs> makes it sound even more disgusting <laughs> i know yeasty wort <laughs> you had- <laughs> so gross. A yeasty wart. Um, and then it's distilled. Um, actually, so once this happened, happens, it's actually clear, which is kind of weird because, you know, when we picture our whiskeys, we picture this brown liquid. Yes. But at that point, it's clear. And then it gets its color because it's aged in these oak barrels. And it's distilled for months, sometimes years. And that's where these aromas and flavors come out. Um, if you don't age whiskey... It's known as um, moonshine. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> so when you hear about moonshine, yeah. So you know you hear about moonshine like back in the day. Yeah. You know, like a lot of times, I think during prohibition and times like that. Yeah. Um, so it's undis- basically undisti- un dist- or unaged whiskey is moonshine, and, and that it's kind clear. Of makes sense because as we get through here, there's so much around whiskey that ties back to prohibition and that time, and, and it drove so much of what it is today. Right. So that's, I did not know that, but that's cool. I know. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Yeah. So I know, if it's clear, it's moonshine. Neat. Mm. I like it because it's unaged. Yep. So basically, then coming off of that, depending on the ratio of different types of grains or where that whiskey was made, that's going to determine what type of whiskey you have well and that's what's crazy is that i mean that's a very overview of how it's made or distilled but there's so many different variations and tweaks and different stills that it's done in and and like you said different the different ingredients and where it's done and how it's done and all of that determines what it is right Right, so is it going to be 
uh, a scotch or a whiskey or a bourbon. Uh, that's how we find out. So, um, and one thing I found that was that was kind of interesting is almost all whiskeys, regardless, they're some form of a blend. So, um, and, uh, and they can be up to fifty different. Uh, I guess still not distills. Um, grains. Not grain. So like they'll they'll distill one, then this one's oh, distilled, then this one's distilled, and then this one's distilled. So there could be fifty batches, maybe. Yeah. I guess that's probably the right word. Up to fifty different batches. And and especially initially, they would have several different distilleries. So it's not like like wine, it's made at this specific winery. They'd have like some from this distillery, this distillery, this distillery, and then the actual maker is the one that actually blends it all. And they can have up to fifty in there. And that's I found that kind of fascinating. That is um, super interesting. And that's how they get some of their taste and some of that too, like some of those great flavors. Yeah, and how they blend it. And that's also how they get some of the consistency year over year um, and why it can kind of taste the same. Um, and the other thing I thought was interesting is in the aging, you said, like I said, that's where it gets its color. Um, but what, where it ages will determine what it tastes like um, and or how quickly it ages. So I say where it ages meaning where it can sit in the exact same warehouse. So um, they'll stack them up. So the one that's like stacked 10 barrels high is higher than the others. The temperature is going to be a little bit higher and it is going to age a little faster because of that. I had no idea. Yeah. And then one of the back corner may be a little cooler and that's going to age different than one in the front corner. Um, and so all the barrels, even the same barrels, the same batch in the same warehouse are all going to age differently. Huh. That yeah. is so interesting. Yeah. I had no idea. That it, it, it's so complex. There's so many like Who knew? little things All that go into that. All this went into that delicious brown liquid. Yes. Oh, I so, love it. So let's hear about some of these different types. Let's, yeah. Yeah. So the biggest one and the most, uh, at least the biggest seller uh, in the world actually right now. And it, I read one place that outsells every other whiskey combined. Um, I read other places that it just outsold every other whiskey. So I'm not sure whether that's combined or it's just the number one seller. But needless to say, scotch is the one that everybody's buying. <laughs> that You know, that actually surprises me. I would have thought that it would be um, bourbon. Yeah. I would, because just, it, bourbon seems, scotch to me seems, I, I, I apologize if I'm offending people, kind of old manny. Like uh, when you, I pictured like an old distinguished man drinking a scotch, well, you know, it's coming like back, a, I, it is, I know, but you know, it's just, I don't know. That's the picture I get. Yeah. But now that I've read more about it, I want to try scotch so badly. Yeah. Well, also being in the United States, I think we get a much bigger exposure to the bourbons and, and things. Absolutely. Um, so, but worldwide scotch is it and Baxter is making his, his regular appearance. Um, Anyway, so what is scotch? What makes scotch different from all the other whiskeys um, is one, it has to be distilled in Scotland. Um, it has to be from a malted barley um, and only whole cereal grains can be added to that. So it's primarily malted barley. Um, if they're gonna add in a, a wheat or a corn or something, they can do that, but it has to be a whole cereal grain. Um, it has to be matured in Scotland in oak casks for at least three years and one day. <laughs> um, I like three that three years. Three years and one day. And one day. Um, most times, though, most often it is actually aged much longer. Um, and a lot of times it's under lock and key. So they will like lock it away to make sure that it is not messed with and that the aging is proven and all that other huh. kind of fun stuff. 
Um, and nothing other than water and spirit car- caramel, caramel, um, we're going to go with both, um, <laughs> may be added. Um, so it's one of those tomato tomato situations. Yes, that's what I'm going with. Um, anyway, so nothing other than water and, and and that spirit can be added. Meaning, you know, there's no no nothing else really. So that's that's pretty much it. Um, it's generally made, and what makes um, Scotch unique, what makes it what it is, is it's usually um, made near ocean areas where there's lots of peat moss. Um, and, and then it's also a lot of times out, again, right near the ocean, and they'll, they'll put the barrels in warehouses right on the edge of the ocean. So it'll have a little bit of peat and or brine flavor, um, and, which kind of gives it a, a smoky or earthy kind of a sense to it, which you know, is what makes it different. I looked up what does scotch taste like. I don't know. I don't think I've ever actually had scotch. Mm-hmm. So I did get that it said earthy, smoky, but then it's, I also saw you might get um, an essence of rubber, wood, fire, dirt, or leather. And then it said, but in a good way. It's like, <laughs> you know, none of those flavors to me scream good, but you know, you never know because sometimes you'll hear flavors like that in a wine too. You're like, oh, it has an essence of rubber. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. I guess that's a good thing. I don't know. The but, others I could kind of sense yeah, maybe it's fire. Yeah, fi- exactly. The and, fire I can but, see, but the rubber yeah. and the leather. I don't know. Not but doing much for I don't me. know, but still I'm intrigued. Yes. Well, and the other thing I thought was kind of cool is it goes when it when it ferments, it goes through this real aggressive process and it apparently it gets really hot and these gas bubbles pop up and if you don't like take care of it and control it, it can really get out of control. And so they used to hire um, these kids with literally with whips and and they kind of whip at it um, and whip on it to con- keep it from like getting out of control during that fermentation process. So all these kids just sitting around whipping at the fermenting wow. whiskey. I thought that was kind of fun. That's so, interesting. So that's it. And then of those, there's 95% of the scotch you're going to drink, Jen, is a blend. Um, the blender is like a winemaker. Um, and he decides, you know, what goes in the blend. Um, you know, what, which of those 50 or 2 or 10 or whatever, how many are going to make it up. And they usually have to think years into the future. Because, again, these things have to age for three years. So, and again, uh, many of them are 10. three years in one day? Three years, I'm sorry. And one day. I mean, get, get it straight, Mark. <laughs> I'm sorry. And most of these age 5, 10, 20 years. So they need to be thinking in five years, when I put this blend together, what am I going to need? Wow. Um, so it's this very complex process. So that's 95% of the scotch you're gonna drink. 5% is that single malt. And that's really kind of the, come to be like, I know, the the premier scotch or whatever, right? right? So it's single malt. So what is a single malt scotch? I've always wondered, you know, what is, when they talk about that, what does that even mean? Is it like, you only use one grain? Is it only, like, what is that even, what is a single malt scotch? Yeah, so a single malt scotch has to be made from malted barley. Okay. Uh, it has to be distilled at a single distillery. So as I was talking about, most of the time, they're pulling from multiple distilleries, multiple locations where the, the alcohol is made. Okay. So it can only come from one, and there it has to be uh, done using a pot still. So when they're, the still that they're using is a pot one, and there's like, about four or five different types of stills you can use um, when doing whiskey. And again, that all is going to affect the flavor and determine whether it's, you know, uh, what kind it's going to be. So that's basically what it takes to be a single malt. So it's got to be malted barley 
uh, from a single distillery using that pot still. So it, it's really kind of, rather than a blend, it's a straight scotch, one batch kind of a deal. Hmm. And that is scotch. So apparently, if you're in England and you order a whiskey, what they're going to give you is scotch. But if you're in Ireland and you order a whiskey, they're going to give you Irish whiskey. Irish so, whiskey. you know, which makes sense. Yes. But, you know, <laughs> but if you're in England, you know, they're very close to each other. Yes. But if you're in England and you order whiskey, they're not giving you Irish whiskey. They're giving you scotch. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah. Okay. And that um, kind of makes sense. So so now Scotland is, and, and oh, important to note, when Scotland spells whiskey, they call it scotch. But when they spell it, it is W-I-S-K-Y. There is no E in there. That's that is how correct. the Scots do it. Right. Um, and Scotland sits right, particularly the place where most of the, their scotch is made, sits about seven miles away from the uh, one of the a part of Ireland where actually the the recipe came over. So they did not originate it. Actually, came from Ireland. So let's talk a little bit about Irish whiskey. So. Irish whiskey has, you know, a lot of the same requirements, um, but they, one thing that's different is that they distill their whiskeys three times. Um, and it's one thing that ta- like taste wise, it's different is that it's known to be a lot smoother than a lot of the other whiskeys. Um, so that kind of distinguishes it from... The yeah, I get that too. Whiskeys. Like a smoother drink. Yeah, yeah, you know, in terms of the grains, I actually don't see any. Do you have a difference in the grains? No. No, I... it's the same, I think, as scotch, but in terms of the distilling process, um, that's where the big difference is. And there's this huge, you know, like they're very, you know, the Irish are very proud of their whiskey. And, you know, if it's Irish whiskey, it is Irish whiskey, and they want you to know it. And they do yep. have that extra <laughs> E in there. So I do have a rule, a way to help you remember which ones are the ones with the E and which ones are the ones without the E. Yes. So if it's produced in a country um, that has an E in the, in the name, like United States or Ireland, you know, they have an E in the name, mm-hmm. it has an E in the whiskey. Um, if oh. it's in a place like Scotland, Canada, Japan, India, there's no E in the name, there's no E in the whiskey. I like that. Now... There There's are some exceptions, exception. right? So um, there are some American distillers that like to, you know, kind of give a shout out to Scotland and maybe they've adopted some Scottish techniques. Um, and if they do that, they'll drop the E. Okay. And so they'll put whiskey without an E on the bottle. But for the most part, if it's a country that has an E in the name, there's an E in the whiskey, no E in the name, no E in the whiskey. So kind of a fun little fact there. Um, and... You know, that's pretty much all I have about Irish whiskey other than it's pretty delicious. Um, do you have anything else? I had a couple fun little facts. It was thought the original whiskey actually was thought to be um, developed by Celtic monks. Oh, in, I did not know uh, that. That's yeah, pretty fun. In Ireland. And then uh, it was actually used to be Irish, Irish whiskey used to be the most popular, as we said, scotch right. it currently is. Um, but due to taxes, they had all sorts of heavy taxes that the, the country put on it. Um, the wars, um, the famine. Uh, I mean, there was just nonstop things that kind of kept hitting it that really affected their ability to produce. Yeah. Um, and so by 1990, they actually only had three distilleries left in all of Ireland. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Now, the, several new ones have opened, and, and it's kind of a coming back. It really is kind of a... a um, 
uh, a booming thing. It's supposed to, I think it's the fastest growing right now is Irish whiskey for a good reason. Um, and actually when I was over there, I was in Dublin and uh, with my mom and um, my two sisters. And we actually went and visited the Teeling uh, distillery there. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, I got to see it made, took the whole little tour. Uh, my mother does not drink, so she got a mocktail at the end, which was That's nice. Fun. How much whiskey did you have? Um, actually, it was really nice because we've talked about sharing tastings because at the end, you got to do a tasting. So my sisters and I shared tastings. And so we got the high-end tasting, the mid-range, and the, and the lower one. And then we'd all just kind of taste, taste, did taste. Did you taste, notice taste. a big difference? I actually did. Yeah. And I found the one I really, really liked. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to get me some of that. How much was it? How much was it? <laughs> It was something like $300 a bottle. <gasps> so oh, my God. Of course, that's going to be the one I like. <laughs> and I just, I couldn't justify it. Yeah, that's I, a, that is an expensive whiskey. Yes, it is. Yes, yeah. but it was delish. Um, but yeah, no, and they told us a lot of the stories. Um, apparently, there was a big fire um, that's also kind of affected a lot of it. And, and it, it hit, and, and this was when they had a lot of the distilleries were downtown. And they had just these, as we were talking about, these piles of barrels of whiskey just stacked in these warehouses well guess what when fire comes along oh, you've got oh, I, wood oh, well, and alcohol yeah. that is a bad combination it was a very bad combination it did not end well but apparently like i guess there was whiskey running through the gutters like and and the um i guess i, I feel weird calling them peasants I, they wouldn't be peasants the lower class the poorer people anybody who couldn't afford whiskey let's yeah. just put it that way we're out there like with containers scooping it up totally, out of the gutter. I'm kind of picturing myself out there. <laughs> yeah, that would have been me. I probably would just face first in the gutter. Just blah, blah, blah. Um, and actually, they did say that several people um, then, because it was so available, drank, drank themselves literally to death. Because, yeah. you know, and, and so there were several deaths just because of that. So anyway. Sounds like a nightmare. That was a, a fun little Irish fact from, from my visit there. And when wow. I got to experience Irish whiskey. Now, that 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 one, uh, Jameson has, has been there for a long time. Uh, Teeling is, is one of the newer ones. That is I open, haven't even so. heard of the one you just said, Teeling. Teeling, that's Teeling. what I'm saying. That's yeah. the new one. That, that right. That's fairly Jameson, recent. Obviously. But it is really good. Um, if you guys haven't tried it, I'd recommend it if you can find it anywhere. Right. Um, so, yeah. Huh. But, um, so, we've got the Irish. They kind of gave it to the Scottish. I know we've got the Irish and the Scottish. And they've got all their, their Scotch and, and Irish whiskey going. Um but we mentioned the famine and the wars and the taxes and religious prosecution and all these other kinds of things, which led many of them to the United States. So they come to the United States. They settle down. What's the first thing they're going to start doing, Jen? Drinking. Making whiskey. Oh, sorry. Well, that. Yes. <laughs> yes. And at the time, rum was kind of the, the big drink. Um in the United States was rum. Um, and so it, it didn't catch right away, but it was their beverage, so they brought it with them. Um, and so, and they kind of, uh, so they started, they were kind of everywhere, but then again, due to uh, prohibition, taxes, uh, there was the Whiskey Rebellion yep. in the United States because of all these heavy taxes on whiskey. So a lot of them then further moved into Kentucky and Tennessee because that's where they could get further away from the government. They got harassed a lot less and they could set up either legit or illegit <laughs> operations and do it. So that's why there's such a um, tie. That's how whiskey kind of got to the United States and then why there's such a tie to that area. Um, and so for it to be bourbon. Yes, let's talk about bourbon. Yes, because I, to be honest, didn't even know 
I, I, I'm going to confess my ignorance that bourbon, I, I mean, I kind of knew it was related to whiskey, but I didn't know it was a whiskey. I kind of thought it was its own drink. Yeah. Samesies. Okay, and, good. I don't um, feel so stupid. I also didn't know how bourbon got its name. I'm sure you're going to tell us about it, but yes. um, yeah. So talk, tell us about bourbon, Mark. Okay. Well, it, uh, so to be bourbon, it has to be made in the United States. Yep. It has to be at least 51% corn as the base. Most of them are 70% or more, but it has to be, again, minimum of 51. has to be aged two years in a charred American oak barrel. And there can be no artificial coloring. Um, as you mentioned, Jen, it actually comes out clear. And it's right. those barrels that give it the color. And because they're charred, it gets a little bit. That's why a lot of the um, bourbons are darker in color. It's from the charred oak barrels. So um, it actually uh, started um, in uh, being shipped out of Bourbon County, Kentucky. And when they shipped it, they'd stamp Bourbon County um, and or Bourbon Whiskey on the sides um, as it got shipped like to New Orleans and up and kind of down the Mississippi and all through that area. Um, and people started calling it Bourbon Whiskey and then just started calling it Bourbon for short. And so therefore it became Bourbon. Yeah. Um, it was actually it's actually no longer <laughs> um, any Bourbon made in Bourbon County, um, at least as of the last research I, I didn't really I didn't know there was no more bourbon made there I just know that it, I knew it didn't have to be made there anymore I didn't know that it yeah. wasn't made there anymore. yeah last the last I could see unless something has changed since the research I have none has been made there since um and uh what is kind of unique about um bourbon as we've talked about the different distilling processes and each one kind of has their unique thing yeah Bourbon is made with a sour mash and what that means is some residue from the previous batch is used to start the next so it's kind of like if i mean i remember this i don't know maybe some people do but you had that sour sourdough bread recipes where people would always pass it on they'd make it take a little bit of the dough pass yeah. it on to somebody else and that's kind of it so they take a little bit of that yeast and and everything from the previous batch and that's how they start the next batch and that starts the next one and the next one and the next one so it just kind of keeps getting passed down and so that's kind of what uh, another one of the unique things to bourbon is that sour mash. Um, and one more fun fact um, before we move on to, I think you're going to tell us a little bit about Tennessee. Yeah. Um, is that uh, there's, when in the beginning, um, it was sometimes made, they'd split a log, hollow it out, put that, that mash inside of it, tie it back together really tight, stick a tube in the top. Ooh. And as it fermented, the liquor vapor would go through the tube and into a condenser. And that's actually how they would ferment it is just oh, by sticking it in these logs. And I'm like, that would be interesting. It's not done anymore, but I wonder if that, how that affected the flavor and what right. that did, if anything. But I just, I thought that was kind that of cool. Is interesting. And how did someone come up with that? Yeah, you know, yeah. like who thought of that? We got a ferment that you know. Yeah. That's the thing when you got a ferment when you need your alcohol gin, you find a way. That's right. <laughs> that's true. Well, you know, there are some other crafty people in you know in Tennessee um, that came up with a different way to uh, make their spirits, and in um, you know, so Tennessee whiskey, um, they do something a little different. What they do is they filter. Their distilled alcohol through a sugar maple charcoal yes. to get their flavor. Does that not sound like freaking delicious? Sounds delicious. And did you get like the facts on that? Like, I I mean, I didn't get so many facts on it. I just saw it. one I mean, thing. 
Tell me more. I mean, yeah. I got just the basics. I, didn't I just go... saw that it, it can be filtered through up to 12 feet of this. Oh, I didn't see and that. And it can take up to four days to pass through that 12 feet. So I mean, that's pretty wild. It's some serious yeah. filtration going yeah. on there. I mean, it just sounds so delicious. I mean, sugar maple, I mean, does it get better than that? It, it doesn't. I, no, I don't think I know. That's, I mean, but again, this um, is why Tennessee I know. whiskey is known as Tennessee, Tennessee Whiskey. Right. And right? So there, the name for that filtration method is called the Lincoln County Process. Um, and it does, and that is what distinguishes that flavor from other types of whiskey. So that's really what distinguishes Tennessee Whiskey from other types of whiskey. So yeah. that's really that. But, you know, just well, another type. Well, while we're talking whiskey, um, yeah. uh, or I'm sorry, Tennessee Whiskey. Let me get that right. Yeah, Tennessee Whiskey. With an E. Um they uh, Jack Daniels was the only dis- is still the only distillery to survive from pre-prohibition through to today. Um, prohibition wow. knocked. I mean, and again, so much history is tied in there. Again, it drove, you know, again people to this region, and then it it, it determined. We're going to learn a little bit of how it, it affected Canadian whiskeys and stuff like that. But um, uh, again, Jack Daniels is the only one that survived through that, and. What I find amazing, and it's not just Jack Daniels, but all of these, when you look at that, they're still making it the same way they made it yeah. back then. I mean, they have the same recipe, the same way of distilling it, the same... It gives you a whole different appreciation for Jack Daniels. Oh, yeah. You know, I, you know, I, I, I know it's Jack... Yeah. It, oh, it's Jack Daniels, but... You no, know. it's the same Jack Daniels now it was then, and, right. and it's it's good. Even though it's more mass-produced, it's still it's not quality. Bad. And they put it through these 12 feet of sugar, charred, maple, charcoal. Right. Yeah. I Crazy. Mean, when you realize what they respect. do, like, totally different. I have a whole new respect for them. And there are also different levels of Jack Daniels. I mean, we, there's the regular version that you see in the stores, but they have, you know, high, higher end and stuff like that that obviously they weren't making back then but well, yes you know but still next i'm, I'm kind of eager to, to have a glass of, and just try it with this new I, with an, I know with the new lens <laughs> yes. totally yeah. totally um I, there are other types of whiskeys too that we haven't even touched upon yet yes let's talk about those jen why don't we talk about one we're drinking right now oh now this is my favorite whiskey we mentioned this on a previous episode yes this that we are drinking is a Canadian maple whiskey. And I'm dying right now. I cannot even believe it. He surprised me with this today. I'm in heaven. Seriously, just in heaven. Yeah. You you said I you, you said oh, maybe. And then I said, okay, we'll give all I said I'm told you I'm gonna have you try it. I know. And we're and drinking it today. He came through. And it's just subtle. Um, oh. It's not, you know, people have maple, they think, oh, it's super sweet, it's super, it's it's not that no. su- I mean, it's the perfect amount of sweetness and we're just drinking it on the rocks. Yeah. Nothing, nothing mixed in there. Yeah. Just a little ice. And that's how I like it. So that's my favorite. And that's, you know, obviously Canadian whiskeys. And one of the big things that, that made Kay. Canada. Pop oh, quiz. Yes. Canadian whiskey. Is there an E in there? There is not because there is no E in the country. Oh, I'm so proud And it's of you not right one now. of the exceptions, which I've already forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Right. We don't need to go into that again, but you're correct. Good job. Yay. Um, But uh, so one of the big things that made um, uh, uh, Canada um, and kind of helped them make their uh, way in whiskey is, uh, of course, again, when Prohibition came around, they were still producing it. But Seagram's, um, we've all heard of Seagram's, um, they actually saw what was going on with Prohibition. Um, and about 
three to five years before, they said, you know what, this is not going to last. There's no way this is sustainable. The crime, the, the everything that's going on, they're going to repeal this prohibition, which we did. So they started stockpiling. So they they start making extra and just putting it aside. Going, Genius. Once this thing is done, we are going to be ready. And sure enough, it got repealed and they had a ton of whiskey that they could deliver today while everybody else had to set up the distillery, distill it, age it. They are so smart. <laughs> yes. And that's one of the reasons why A, they as a company are super successful and B, why Canadian whiskey has become such a, a big thing and their maple whiskey which we love. Oh, um, this maple whiskey. Mm. Yeah. So they have, um, but, and, and whiskey again is, uh, so we have your scotch, we have your Irish whiskey, we have your bourbon, we have your Tennessee whiskey and whiskey is basically all other whiskey. So that would include Canada and others. And then, and then there's, you want to talk a little bit about rye whiskey. Oh yeah. So rye is another whiskey that you would find here. And actually, um, it's pretty popular too. It's in a lot of, um, it's actually supposed to be really great for cocktails which I learned in yeah. my research. So I think by it's law, it's a smoother, a little lighter. Right? Yeah. So yeah. Um, by law, rye whiskey has to be made from a mash bill of at least fifty-one percent rye, and it um, is also aged in charred new oak barrels. It's supposed to have a light, fruity, kind of spicy flavor, and some of your popular, um, like bourbon, like like my favorite favorite bourbon is bullet usually and they also make a rye and usually you know if i'm at a bar i'll order blah 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 with bullet and they're like oh well do you want the rye or the bourbon and i always say bourbon well now i kind of feel like i want to say well no i'll have it with the rye because now i know it's supposed to be great for cocktails well this is a rye maple whiskey oh you didn't know that i did not know that (laughs) Um, i did not look closely at the bottle um so now that I know that, I want to try the rye instead because just to see if I notice a difference and how to see if, you know, what it tastes like. But it's supposed to be, it sounds, I mean, fruity, spicy, yeah. sounds delicious. George Washington um, distilled rye whiskey. He did? He did. I came across That's that in really my research. That's a really fun fact. Yeah, go George. That's a great fact. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So do you have any, what are some favorite drinks of yours? Well, actually, before we hit that, I want to hit oh. one more quick, uh, couple, well, one one more quick thing. Well, just one more quick thing um, that I came across, which is small batch. Because oh. you hear small batch oh, that's, yeah. whiskey. And so it actually does not mean it was distilled in a small batch. It does not mean like we oh, took this little mean? bit and made it. Um, it's rather, it's either a single barrel or a mix of just a few very good barrels. So we talked about how they can age right. very differently throughout the, the warehouse that they're sitting in and everything. So they may say this barrel is it or these barrels are really, really good. So they're going to it's it's one distillery. Excuse me. So it's the one distillery and then they take just this one, two, three, whatever barrels and say this is our small batch. So it's not yeah. like they made, they made a big batch and then they took the best of that basically. And that's your small batch. So that's kind of your small batch. I thought that was uh, oh, that fun. Is, yeah. Um, and the other thing too, which I makes so much sense now, when you're drinking good whiskey, and this is the most important thing, a good whiskey will not burn, but it will warm the throat. So if you drink it and you're like, whoa, that's burning, that's not good. But a good one, you'll just feel that nice, warm sensation. I feel like that's a rule of thumb for any spirit, actually. I would because agree. I feel like that with vodka. I feel like that with tequila. 
Any really good quality spirit is not going to burn when you drink it just on its own. Yeah. Yeah. It's just going to give you that good, warm, happy feeling. Yeah. I feel like that right now. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk a couple of favorite drinks uh, or popular drinks, I think, with whiskey is the Manhattan, of course. Um, And one I haven't ever had, but it's if you're a Kentucky Derby or... what is it, Jen? Are you going to say the mint julep? Yep. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I've never had one either. It doesn't sound that good to me. Yeah. I, I don't, don't know, know why. It just, I, I'm i sure it's delicious. Yeah. Well, one uh, day we'll have to try it just Yeah, because... just for, yeah, I mean, if I'm at the Kentucky Derby, I'll try it. That's a... I, I, situationally, I'll try almost anything. That's a deal. You know what? If I'm ever at the Kentucky Derby or watching the Kentucky Derby where yes, one is available... Absolutely. If I'm at a Kentucky Derby party... Or at the Kentucky Derby, I will have one. Yeah, let's let's agree to that okay. pact. If either of us, and then All right. we'll it's tell the other one this I had it and it okay. was good, bad, indifferent. It's a deal. Okay. Um, what old I old fashions have, also are oh old fashions. That's my favorite. Uh, hello. Okay. Well, I found one a new favorite, um, and I just like literally within the last I think two weeks found this. Oh, I can't wait to hear. And I am in heaven. Oh, what is it? <laughs> um, it is a single malt scotch. Blended with an amaretto. Oh, that sounds perfect for you. Oh, it is because it's like the amaretto that sounds, is just that. Oh, that I, oh yeah, almond that. kind of a, of a liquor, a little sweet. Uh-huh. Um, and then that single malt malt scotch is just so smooth, and yeah. you blend the two together, and you just get this. Oh, I. When you I say blend, are you saying like you actually blend it with ice, like crushed ice? Like, no, no, I'm oh, sorry, mean, it's like oh, half okay. and half. So got it. Got it. So when you say blend it, you just mean together in a glass. Mixed together in yeah, a glass. Yeah, you don't mean blended like in a blender. Correct. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. Thank it's you. Because okay. not just being wanna... a bartender and not being of the alcoholic. Just want to make sure we're on the same page here. <laughs> yes. No, no. They just, half and a half and a um, ice or no ice, I don't care. And you just, oh, it's the smoothest. It makes me How, how did you discover this? I was at a restaurant and it, I saw it on the menu and I'm like, oh. ah, that looks good. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll try that. And like I said, I literally took one sip and I was just like, I have found my new favorite drink. Wow. <laughs> and I, went, I mean, it does sound good. It sounds a little sweet for me, but it sounds good. Well, I went home and I bought two bottles of each <laughs> so that that way I'm not, I'm always happy. So you're always stopped. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, maybe I'll have to try it. Okay. But anyway, so that's it. So do you have anything else to share? Well, um, yeah, obviously. Okay. Well, yeah. Share, drinks. Jen. Share. Okay. So um, I have a couple drinks that are other than the old fashioned, which is like my go-to. I have two other drinks that I love. Okay. Which are, you know, whiskey-wise or bourbon-wise or whatever. Um, I shouldn't... Now I feel like I have to be, like, really specific. So You kind of do now I know. that we've learned. <laughs> um, so one drink is called a Boulevardier. And if you had not brought this for mm-hmm. us, I was going to make us Boulevardiers today. But I'll just save those for another time. Okay. So it's... You can either make it with bourbon or rye. Um, either one works. Okay. Then you have Campari, sweet vermouth, and like a squeeze of orange or something sometimes, or a garnish. Mm-hmm. Delicious. It's kind of like a little bitter, like, but it's this, oh, it's so good. Mm. And it's bright red. Bright red? Yeah. Where's the red Campari. Okay. Campari okay. is red, so it's like, it's a really pretty drink. Nice. Um, and then the other one that I discovered, uh, I was in Paso with um, one of my friends, and we were sitting at this bar, and there was this cock, this bartender introduced us to this cocktail that changed my world because it involved so many of my favorite things in one drink. I couldn't even believe it. Okay. It was bourbon and then Amaro, which is this after dinner, this Italian after dinner drink that is like, it tastes kind of like orange, but it's like, oh, it's the best. (laughs) Okay. And then Aperol, which is kind of like a bitter drink and then like a little lemon. 
Game changer. Okay. I, anyway, those are my favorites. Nice. Yeah. I, I'll have to try those. Yeah. So anyway, those are some of my faves. Do you want to know where um, whiskey is surprisingly popular? I would love to know. Thailand. Thailand? Yeah. So I'm in Thailand, desperate for wine. Horrible wine in Thailand. No wine. None. No, none to be found. No, none to be found. At least none that's drinkable. <laughs> um, and le- and so there's beer. Beer's fine. Okay. But, you know, you want like something else. Whiskey everywhere. Really? Yeah. And I know like, so Japanese whiskey is really popular. There is some Thai whiskey as well. But um, whiskey was the most popular alcohol everywhere. Interesting. Everywhere in Thailand. It was the weirdest thing. Yeah. So anyway, anyone who's going to Thailand... Prepare yourselves. Whiskey, hands up, and also whiskey like, and beer. Whiskey and beer. Prepare yourselves. Okay. Yeah. So that's huh. my suggestion to you guys. If you're gonna go to Thailand, whiskey up. Go to Thailand, whiskey up. Got yeah. it. Right. Well, I, we ran uh, not too long, about five minutes long or so this week, but that's yeah. all right. Well, you we know had what? It's good stuff. And and yeah. you, as you can tell from this, I mean, in any one of these, we could have done an entire episode and then maybe even more. So right. it's, it's such, there's so much depth here that I had no idea to. So I'm glad we were able to do this and, and I learned so much. Me too. I loved this. And, you know, we would love for you to contact us. And if you have anything you'd love, you'd like to share, um, you can find our info on the unsophisticatedpalette.com. And, you know, we'd love to hear what your favorite whiskey drink is. Definitely. And make sure you subscribe and rate us and tell your friends, dogs, cats, aunts, uncles, cousins, co-workers. That's right. And until next time, drink responsibly. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.